This is Full Access OK. I'm Skyler Cooper along with Steve Berg. Glad to be here. From 1023 KRMG, Tulsa's News and Talk and the KRMG Afternoon News. And it seems like this time of year, it's just a good time to be outside, Steve. So for the second week in a row, we're getting into some nature. Yeah, and we lucked out. We realize people are going to be listening to this possibly months from now. But on the particular day that we went to the Oxley Nature Center, beautiful day. Temperatures probably in the mid-80s, low humidity, a nice breeze. Oxley Nature Center, a proverbial hidden gem in Mohawk Park, which if you're not familiar, is up on Mohawk Boulevard. That turns into 46th Street North by Tulsa International Airport, just to give you an idea of where you're going or where we hope you're going. And if you've been with us for this last you know, run of Full Access OK episodes, you know this is actually our third trip up to that corner of Tulsa for the podcast. Oxley Nature Center is right next to the Tulsa Zoo and very close to the Tulsa Air and Space Museum. Good chance that if you like to do a, a tourist twofer, you could hit the zoo in Oxley or Oxley and the Air and Space Museum. Or if you're feeling really ambitious, hit all three. But back to Oxley, and don't feel bad if you're unfamiliar with it, so are we. So we started with the obvious question for Oxley's Nature Programs Manager, Maggie Regan. What is Oxley Nature Center? Oxley Nature Center is part of Mohawk Park, so it's part of the City of Tulsa Parks Department, and it is a dedicated wildlife sanctuary. So it's 800 acres uh, dedicated to just remaining a natural habitat for all sorts of wildlife, and we have over nine miles of hiking trails out here too. So it's kind of um, a hidden gem of Tulsa Park's system. We've been out here since the 70s. It's been a dedicated wildlife sanctuary, and we're just kind of tucked back into the northern corner of Mohawk Park. The word that springs to mind when I was driving up was uh, authentic. Hmm. It feels, or natural, which, you know, yeah. maybe stating the obvious, but yeah, just it feels like in its pristine state, I guess you could say. Yeah, that's part of the idea, for sure. And you can feel a difference when you come from Mohawk back into Oxley. Um, it's just less cultivated, less curated by human hands. I mean, we maintain the trails. Um, we have a natural resources coordinator who keeps everything um, in balance as best we can. Um, but we have three like thriving ecosystems out here that we're kind of always watching and aware of. We have a forest ecosystem, mostly oak trees, but it's all in various stages of development. We have some trees out here that are at least 180 years old. And the other ecosystem we have is the prairie ecosystem. So if you walk over towards the pond, there are acres and acres of just native prairie grasses growing. And then this is also a naturally pretty low-lying spot that we're in. And there are lots of wetlands here. So we have a marsh, we have a large lake, which was actually um, dug, hand dug by the Civilian Conservation Corps back in the 30s and two creeks that run through this property. We have Bird Creek on the north end and then Coal Creek over on the east side. I imagine you guys are probably in a constant tug of war of you obviously want visitors, but you probably also don't want it to get too busy either, right? Yeah, it's interesting. It, it kind of balances itself, or at least that's what I've observed so far. Of course, we don't want it to be overrun with humans to preserve the the nature and the wildlife, we really have 
active wildlife out here. And the fact that they, the wildlife just, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but it's, it feels like their home, you know? So it feels like we are visitors here. And that, that really kind of sinks in, it seems like, to most of our visitors when they come out here. We don't have a lot of problems with people disrespecting the land and that kind of thing, thankfully. So um, it does kind of balance itself so far. I noticed as we were walking back here to the picnic area, there's a colorful little flying critter. What are some of the wildlife you see out here? Well, we have over 300 species of birds. Uh, Most of those are migratory, but yeah, in any quarter of the year, there's pretty much over 100 species of birds that have been observed and identified out here. So tons of bird life. And then we have um, a lot of mammal life too. It's almost hard at this point not to run into a deer if you take a walk out here. So that's always a fun sighting. And then there are all the aquatic mammals over in the wetlands. So there's lots of beavers, muskrats, there are actually otters out there too. Um, So that keeps it really fun. And then lots of active pollinators this time of year too. So lots of butterflies, moths, dragonflies, and um, cicadas. Right on cue. <laughs> I think it was a dragonfly I saw coming out here. And I don't nice. see those a lot anymore. So Nice. Out here you will. Cool. Yeah. So people come out here. I heard as we were coming in, um, you know, we'll talk about the, the trees and the storm and everything, but I ran into a, a parks employee who said, yeah, there's already people in there. Cause they were road was blocked for just a second. And he said a lot of people show up early to bird watch. So what does that entail? I guess you probably have some regulars who show up with binoculars or cameras. Absolutely. Yeah, we have a really robust and active birding community out here. So it is more active in the mornings, usually people with their binoculars and also catching photographs of the bird life. We have a pretty strong relationship with Tulsa Audubon Society. And that kind of goes back to the roots of when Oxley was founded back in the 70s. It was kind of born out of citizens wanting this land dedicated to nature and also they partnered up with members of the Tulsa Audubon Society who really helped kind of form the original master plan for this area and that strong relationship continues to this day. If you go on our website all of the eBird observations are on there so you can actually see the list of all the species that have been sighted out here and what times of year they've been sighted and we still have monthly birding walks. So those are on the first Saturday of each month at 8 a.m. Our natural resources coordinator leads those and he's like a walking encyclopedia of the bird life out here. So those are open to the public. So we have a lot of experienced birders that come out for those and then a lot of just amateur regular folks who wanna learn more. Is there a fee for anything or is it just all free? We're open to the public and there's no uh, fee for coming to take hikes. We offer programs and some of those do incur a small fee to cover materials uh, and some of them do require pre-registration, but the trails are open as long as Mohawk's open. They're always free. What are some of those uh, programs that you're mentioning? Let's see. Uh, Well, I mentioned the monthly bird walk. Uh, We also have a monthly botany walk that's led by one of our staff naturalists. Those are on the third Saturday of the month, and those continue all year long. And then April through October or November, depending on the weather, we do a butterfly walk. 
uh, where we have a butterfly expert who goes around and we identify what, bur what butterflies can be seen that day. So those are kind of the monthly standing um, programs that we offer. And then we have some more specialty programs. We have um, something called Little Seedlings, and that's for one to five-year-olds. And those are on Tuesdays and Fridays. And you can find out more about this on our, on our website or by calling us. But those just a curated nature experience for toddlers, essentially, and their caregivers. And they'll do a nature craft, take a nature walk. And that just runs September through May. And then another program that's really popular this year, which we're thrilled about, is our Junior Naturalist Program. That's for eight through 12 year olds and they commit to the nine month junior naturalist program and they come out once a month and are guided through all sorts of different nature experiences. They'll focus on pollinators one month, they'll focus on soil science another month, they'll focus on migration another month and that program has really taken off. And so those like little seedlings and junior naturalists, those ones do have a small fee associated with them but everyone can find out more on our website. We have full moon walks. Um, yeah, we usually take a break in July and August for those because it stays, you know, it gets mm -hmm. dark so late, but those will start up again at the end of this month. And that is, a, it's a, just a beautiful time to be out here on the trails when the sun is setting and the moon is rising and you can get a sense of the nocturnal life waking up. It's a beautiful time to be out here, so those are, those are really popular also. We love being out here in the evenings. So the gate doesn't always close at five? The gate, this doesn't always close at five, that's right. <laughs> and uh, Mohawk gates stay open until 9 p.m. And so the trails are still accessible even if you can't drive back here to park. So do the trails connect to the zoo area? Not to the zoo area, but there's this flow line out here that has parking just outside of it and you can oh. walk in that way. Okay. I was thinking about the different parks in town. In fact, our very first episode of this podcast back in uh, April was the um, Tulsa Botanic Garden. And then just last week we were a gathering place. Awesome. So I'm kind of struck by how Tulsa has so much to offer from the highly curated, manicured, you know, paved trail to the carefully planted, like the Botanic Garden and everything that's set up that way. And then you just have nature here with Oxley. And it's cool because no matter what type of outdoors you want to do, you can find it here. Absolutely. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. There are different ways to experience um, nature and there's almost like a, a spectrum there that you're describing. And I guess that makes us, you know, the wildest. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a, you guys are kind of a good bookend for Turkey Mountain. Right? Sure. Turkey Mountain on the southwest and you guys on the northeast? Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Turkey Mountain's another great place to hike. Yeah. Same kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same kind of natural, authentic, kind of undisturbed wilderness. So we're just a few months removed from the, uh, the big June 18th windstorm. And given the hundreds of acres and all the trees, I'm sure that was a pretty big impact out here. It was definitely a big impact out here, and we're still kind of learning about the effects. The effects will be um, long-term, and, you know, that was, in a way, a devastating event to the, especially the tree life and all the wildlife out here. We're grateful, and we kept hearing on the news that no lives were lost in that event. Um, we also, as we were assessing the trail damage here, we, we 
encountered a lot of what we considered lives lost. Mm. Um, a lot of wildlife lost their home and a lot of trees lost their tops. So um, these are also natural cycles, so I don't mean to be a downer. We are still cleaning up from that a little bit, but the trails are in great shape. We were closed for, I think, about almost three weeks uh, while we removed any dangerous limbs hanging over the trails and cleared the trails from anything blocking them. Um, but we've been reopened since the beginning of July, and uh, we're just watching the forest do its thing. You know, it changes how much sunlight reaches the forest floor too. So we're just gonna keep an eye on all those uh, changes to the to the wildlife that'll be happening. Well, gosh, I, yeah, not having seen it before, I have, don't know what to compare this to, but it sounds like it was a pretty dramatic difference or there has been a pretty dramatic difference. In places, for sure, yeah, in places, for sure. It also clears room for new growth. So that's another way to look at it. This may not apply to an operation like this where you try to keep things undisturbed uh -huh. and undeveloped, but are there any major plans for the future to add anything or to change anything? Let's see. Well, we are stewards, you know? That's kind of, we consider our job being stewards of the land. And as far as keeping up with facilities and basic upkeep, that's just ongoing. I think as far as... Um, our, our goals and that kind of thing go, it's really first and foremost, protect the land, protect the wildlife, and then really develop our educational programs also. That's kind of something that we're relaunching. We host a lot of field trips out here. And then this fall, we're, we're also starting to go out into the public schools more, focusing primarily on the ones that are closer to home out here. Um, so really, we're trying to get into elementary schools more, middle schools more, work with uh, teachers on their science curriculum, and really tying science objectives from the classroom with local ecology. So that's on the radar for, for some goals, from upcoming goals. Yeah, I guess educational programs are a good example of something that you can add without disturbing the habitat out here. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And just more engagement. Um, with the public is something that's always on our radar too. We started an artist residency program this year too that will continue into 2024. So we've been having some art classes out here, scientific illustration and botanical illustration classes. So yeah, we hope to keep offering different avenues for people to connect with nature because we know there are so many avenues that resonate differently with different people. So that's part of what we're trying to do too. So Skyler, one of the words I had for Oxley to describe Oxley was authentic. And as I was leaving, I also thought serene. It's very peaceful out there. I felt very peaceful as I was leaving. Great place if you're just looking to decompress and unwind. Good vibes, if you will. Yeah, I got that sense too, for sure. And aside from the occasional faint roar of a plane or something at the nearby airport, you feel like you're way out in the country, even though you're just 10 minutes from downtown. Great place to do some bird watching, go on a hike, see some wildlife. And we didn't spend a lot of time in there, but they have the main building there. The Interpretive Center is what they call it. It's a neat place, too. It's kind of part information center, part museum exhibits, part workshop. It also has a good vibe. Yeah, good vibes. Great way to get some nature still in Tulsa. And it's free. I mean, there's a couple of things, as you heard, that you can pay for if you choose to go do that. But just to go out there and enjoy it, zero dollars. This has been Full Access OK. Okay.